Uh, Time gave out its Person of the Year award, as it does each and every year. That's right. right. So we were thinking, uh, what would you do for Kansas City? 913-586-7610 if we were to name our our Kansas City sports person of the uh, of the year. Right. Like this is like everybody could go with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm going a little bit different here because as every day goes by, it becomes clearer and clearer to me that the right decision was made. Maybe at the time I didn't know that the right decision needed to be made, but the right decision ultimately was made. And for me the sports person of the year in Kansas City is John Sherman because wow. he, he it, now it doesn't always go to the person who achieves the most success. You know, that with time magazine, we've seen some people over the years who they've put up there as their personal of the year. People are like, why, why that guy? So hear me out on this one. John Sherman for me is the sports person of the year in Kansas city, because I think, correct me if I'm wrong. And you may think, uh, I think he made the hardest decision that we've witnessed in Kansas city sports in our generation by getting rid of the only general manager in this new era of baseball who won a world championship in this system that was set up. What Dayton Moore didn't accomplish was an amazing feat here in Kansas City, and there's no taking away from that. None whatsoever. But it got stale. It got old. And nobody really recognized that, right, as it was moving forward. John Sherman came in as the owner, surveyed the situation, looked at the situation, got a feel for the situation, and came to a decision to move on from Dayton Moore. And when it happened, we're all like, oh, my God, you're moving on from the only man who's won a world championship in this new era of baseball. How could you do that? Oh, my God, I hope you know what you're doing as, as, the, as, as the owner. And so for me, for him to go out there and make that decision, which when he made that decision, I guarantee you around baseball, everybody went, oh, God, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't understand what's happening. How could he get rid of Dayton Moore? Because Dayton Moore is a beloved figure around Major League Baseball. But the more you hear about it, truthfully, the Royals needed to make that decision to move forward. They needed to do it because I don't believe they were going to move on the pitching coach. I don't believe they were going to change direction with the way that the pitching was handled inside this organization. And when you have all these young pitchers that aren't achieving success that you still have under your control, you got to find a way to maximize their talent. And if those decisions weren't going to be made by the previous regime, then you had to change that regime. I think John Sherman made the hardest decision that we've seen in our generation in Kansas City. It wasn't hard to fire Scott Pioli. It wasn't hard to fire Romeo Cradell or Todd Haley or any manager that came along. But firing the architect of an organization that won a championship and not only beat the Mets, but beat baseball and beat the system. Beat baseball. Really did beat beat baseball. Beat baseball. Beat the system. What Dayton did beat the system was unbelievable. But we're eight years later. The results haven't been there and you're teetering with all of these young pitchers that if you kept Cal Eldred and Matheny and this regime in place, maybe we never would have seen them realize their talent. Now you're giving them an opportunity with new voices to potentially realize that talent. I think the decision was very hard to make, and again, the hardest decision that we've ever seen, but I think ultimately it was the best decision for the organization to take a step forward. And that doesn't come lightly because I have a very nice relationship with Dayton Moore, right? And so it's not, it wasn't easy to see him get fired and move on, but as you start to see the, the, the results and the people that are getting hired, you start to realize they needed a new voice inside that organization. Come to think of it, there's been a couple of really big decisions. I mean, Tyreek Hill was a big decision. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, yeah, could, you, could, you right. could throw yeah. Brett Veach in this as well. Like, I mean, you could. Mm-hmm. You would. I You'd would sing yeah. a song about yeah. it. Because uh, you, you're like, has there been a bigger decision? I'm like, oh, Tyreek Hill, a pretty big decision. But 
Uh, big but that's picture, a player versus a guy who or big, yeah. big picture, and we don't know how it's gonna gonna pay off. Right. Um. I don't want to single anybody out, but I guess I got to single somebody out. I'm I've got a fever. I was generally disappointed yesterday when there was no soccer on. Right. I've like got the World Cup fever. I'm like, there's no game today. There was no daytime games today. And I thought all I could think of was 2026. This is coming. So Catherine Holland was the 2026 World Cup bid director for Kansas City. Now, there's a whole bunch of people to help. Kathy Nelson, everybody at Sporting, everybody at the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to like, but she was the, the bid director for the World Cup. She is my sports person of the year, bringing a World Cup to Kansas. City. I like that. That's good. That's good. I, I was genuinely like, oh, man. Can we just speed the clock? Could there be a game today at Arrowhead? People were already <laughs> started to talk about 2026 and the World Cup coming here. I saw the U.S. coach may not even be part of this in 2026. You never know. They might not. He wants to go coach in Europe or something might, like that. I saw a story. Be, might not be available. So um, maybe it's for me by then. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe, it should maybe. be. Maybe. Oh, so uh, Catherine Holland would be my Kansas City Sports Person of the Year. Thank you for bringing the World Cup to Kansas City. Yeah, you way and, to go. Uh, and everybody and else. And then he named a tunnel after in New York and so, New yeah, Jersey. Yes, yes. She got that done and then yeah. got a uh, got a World Cup to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, 913-586-7610. Who would you want to uh, to nominate? I mean, Veach could be in that category as well, I think. Absolutely. You know? There's no question about it. Certainly, I mean, you, you could always the, have Andy and Patrick that, in there. Having that... that um, Stonesy a deal, mm-hmm. like clean it up. I, I mean, other than us, who thought the team would be better offensively without Tyree? Yeah, not, nobody. Not, nobody around the NFL. No, nobody. I mean, we may have been the only people shouting it at the time. Yeah. Absolute right decision to trade Tyree Keel. No question about it. It has made Patrick Mahomes better. It has made Andy Reid a better play caller. It's given more opportunity to do things. You don't have to waste money on an aging wide receiver, and you get a boatload of picks back in return. It's going to be fun over the next couple of years, and I'm sure we'll just ask Binkley what picks were the Tyree Keel picks and who did they take, and he'll he'll know right away once they start getting used, you know, in the next uh, draft or so. A um, couple texts in for Kathy Nelson. Again, yeah. she was on that that committee as well. and She could be her, person of the day every yeah, day her, in Kansas City. Her and that group for bringing every event that comes to uh, Kansas City. Nobody does more list. for the greater good of Kansas City than Kathy Nelson. Um, Kansas City Current? Yeah, that's a good that's one. A good Building one that new stadium down there, the yeah. first women's stadium in the world. Really pushing the the sport forward yeah. here in Kansas City. I don't disagree with that one as well. Kind of like that one. Um, someone says Nick Schwert. Oh, okay. I'm huh. a, I'm good on that one. Huh. Hmm. That's very strange. Yeah. What has he done? Well, other than starting fights at Jeremiah Bullfrogs mm. in Topeka on mm. Tuesdays, I don't yeah. know. Someone says, futuristic one, but bronze Mahomes. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> Everybody's counting on poor kid. Yeah. Don't put the pressure on the poor kid to be our next quarterback down right. the road, right? Right. All right. Just, just back off. Right. <laughs> back off that. Yeah, a couple other ones coming in from the 913. Tammy from the Weston or Billy Coon should be the, uh, the sports person of the year Not in bad. Kansas City. Not I, bad. I agree with that uh, one. Dan Sorensen. Very okay. interesting one. They said his... His uh, pee poor play inspired the organization to revamp their secondary, which is so much improved over last year. I'm on board with that. Yeah. I- I'm good with that, man. I like your reasoning a lot. I'm in. hundred oh. percent in on that one. Cause if Dan Sorensen played a little bit better, they may think, ah, he's we not get, that yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. He's our guy. He's yeah. Our guy. I do like this one. And I don't know if you guys saw this yesterday from the four one seven, the guy who called out the dude trimming his fingernails in, in our office yesterday, Nick Schwert was that guy. That's why he well, is the person Nick. of the yeah, year. That was Nick. Mark Lavoie, who works for KMBZ was sitting in the newsroom yesterday, clipping his fingernails. 
I don't know if they named him. Did they name him yesterday? I just did. Yeah, they, I mean, okay. they showed him. Well, it's I out mean, there now, yeah. I knew there was a video out there. Yeah, like seriously. KMBZ did. Did the KMBZ call him out? Somebody did from KMBZ. Good. Right. Don't sit in the public, you know, domicile and, and clip your fingernails, man. That's disgusting. It's absolutely And nasty. also, what are you doing? How do you have time at work to clip your fingernails? That's something you should do after the shower when your nails are a little bit softer. That's like something Russell Wilson would do in his little office. Oh, no, he'd have somebody clipping his nails nah, for him. True. Give it's me my true. fingernail clipper and give me my toenail yeah. clipper while I'm waiting. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, Always from the loud and, and obnoxious over there, too. When you walk by there, when we go into our meetings, you know, he's got his phone on speaker and loud as all get out. Not, yeah. I don't know what he does other than well, you, clipping that's your disgusting. Finger, yeah, clipping your fingernails at work is gross, dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you do that Don't do that. You don't, don't do, do that, that in the office. No. Like, what are some of, like, putting fish in the microwave is gross, right? Sometimes the way people handle the restroom is disgusting. You wonder if they, they drip all over the floor at their home. Wash your hands. Washing the hands is still an unbelievable. Like, I still see people walking out of a public restroom without washing their hands. It's 2022. We live through a pandemic. Wash them suckers. But sitting at your desk and clipping your fingernails and just having them fly all over the office. It's gross. It's gross. On a place that other people have to work. Right. He's not the only one at that desk. You know, everybody right. else has to go there. People right? wonder why I bring in Lysol and wipes every day and wipe down this station. Because you don't know. And now we got video proof of some cat sitting out here clipping his nails. Like nothing was wrong. Everything was fine. I didn't watch it with the sound at first. I'm like, what is going on in this video? Because somebody sent it to me, and then I, I turned up the sound on my phone. You could hear the clipping sound. I'm like, oh, my God. Did he take off his socks and shoes and start doing his toenails, too? Mm. I mean, that's borderline workplace misconduct. No, probably took the, sh- probably took the shoe off and the sock and then did the... Uh- Oh, yeah. Bite the toenail. Oh, ah, he bit his toenails at work. The, pull the foot up and bite the toenail oh. off. Oh. Was he cleaning, cleaning oh. the toe jam out, too? <laughs> oh. From the 417, you know those fingernails ended up at the of keyboard. Course. Of course of they course. did. Yeah, that's the Right, thing. and so somebody's looking, going on that keyboard like, what is that? Yeah, no. Oh, that's disgusting. Mark's fingernails. Disgusting. Can't have that. Thanks, Can't pal. Have Seriously, that. think of others, man. What the hell? We will uh, chat all things NFL with uh, Trey Wingo. He'll join us next. This is Festo in the Morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967, with friend of the show, Brett Veach. You're listening to Festo in the Morning. I mean, I'm not, but you are. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. On the line with us now is the one and only Trey Wingo. Trey is brought to us today by Caesars Sportsbook. Your first bet is on Caesars. Bet up to $1,250, and if you don't win, you'll get it back as a free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21+. plus. Trey, good morning. Thanks for joining us once again. Has the uh, Since the la- last time we talked to you, has the AFC race uh, clearly, truly gotten tighter? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> good morning, guys. Just to put it in perspective, uh, before last week, uh, the Bills were the five seed, and the Dolphins were the were the division leaders in the AFC East, and the Chiefs were the one seed. Well, right now, the Bills, by not playing on Sunday, saw Miami fall to the five seed. They're the one seed, and Kansas City is the two seed. So it's going to be a sprint to the finish, guys, because all these teams are going to play each other. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs, in on one sense, have the easiest road in terms of 
uh, who they play. They play the AFC. Uh, they play the AFC West games, and then they play the Texans and the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, by by any measure, their road to getting to uh, the number one seed is probably stronger than anybody else's. But they just need Buffalo. To to, to at least lose one more game. So, so, so with Buffalo now, you, you open that door. The Von Miller injury seemed devastating for Sean McDermott yesterday. Mm-hmm. How does that, do you think, affect the Buffalo Bills and their chances of hanging on to that one seed now? Well, it's it's tough. I mean, you go look at the game in Kansas City and Arrowhead, October 26th. It was Von Miller's pressure uh, that led to Patrick Mahomes' interception that sealed the game. Uh, he leads them. He hasn't played since you know a couple of couple of weeks now, but he still leads the team in sacks eight and pressures thirty six. Um, you can't overestimate his his impact on being a closer because they didn't play him every down, right? He came in sort of in situational pass rushes to sort of seal the deal. Uh, then you have uh, Micah Hyde who's still out for the year. I, I tell you, I, you know the, the the Bills are not the team that we saw in early September and through mid October. They're a little banged up. The Josh Allen injury is still a little bit concerning. They don't have a running game. I'll tell you right now, if if I'm Kansas City or Buffalo, the team that concerns me is the, is the Bengals. Like, their best might be better than anybody's, and we saw that play out uh, on Sunday at the Jungle. But the Bengals' schedule is brutal. They have to play everybody. Like, if they get into the postseason, uh, they're going to be a, a tremendous out. But with their schedule, you know, it, it, it's so strange. They, they've won three straight – against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, they've lost five straight to Cleveland. Joe Burrow is 0-4 as a starting quarterback against the Cleveland Browns whom they played this week. It, it makes no sense. Yeah, it feels like they're going to have to do the same route they did last year, which I, I suppose from their perspective, they're like, fine, we've been there, we've done that, right? I mean, they were the road exactly. warriors last year too. Yeah, exactly. And that game last, uh, the last game of the season for them is they're playing the Ravens in Cincinnati. They've already lost the game uh, in Baltimore. It was a two-point two game, I think, on a Sunday night game earlier this year. That game could be massive for both teams. You, you're you talking almost like, though, you don't know if, if the Bengals are going to make it into the playoffs. Is there a hesitation on your part that says maybe they don't make it in just because of the schedule, or is there something else? No, just because of the schedule. I mean, they play the Bucks, the Browns, the Bills, the Patriots, and the Ravens. Um, you know, and the Patriots don't really scare anybody right now because of their offense, but, you know, it's Paul Belichick on the other side of the ball. Like, if, the, if they go 4-1, and one, during that stretch, I think that's a remarkable stretch for the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, it's it's just at some point, you know, uh, I, I expect them to lose at least one of those games. And but Cincinnati is that team; like they, they can find a lot of ways to beat you, right? They have a two-headed running attack when Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan are healthy. We saw what Jamar Chase and Higgins and Boyd can do, and that defense is a lot better than people want to give them credit for. Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator for for the. Uh, Bengals is the only guy who seems to figure out Patrick Mahomes in the entire NFL. No doubt about it. Talking to Trey Wingo here on 610 Sports Radio. Are the Eagles now the best team in the National Football League this week until we decide to change it next week? <laughs> yeah, and they might have been there for a while. Look, uh, we talked about beating you a lot of different ways. Let's just take a look at what they did last two weeks. They ran for 367 yards, I think it was, against the, the Green Bay Packers and threw it for 122. Uh, and then this past weekend, Jalen Hurts threw for 380, and they only ran for 67, and they won by 25 points. Uh, that's insane, okay? They, threw, they literally ran for almost 300 yards less than they did the previous week, and they still won by 25 points. And Jalen Hurts is now firmly ensconced in the MVP discussion. 
you go and look at his last two weeks. He ran for 157 in that game against the Packers. He threw for 380 against the Titans. He's the only person in the history of the NFL to have a 150-yard rushing game and a 300-yard passing game in the same season, and he did it in back-to-back weeks. They're really impressive right now. And defensively, too. I mean, they're no. yeah, just watching that team defensively. I'm like, oh, that, that, that's going to give a lot of people some fits. Absolutely. Um, the, only, the only tick they have right now is that their run defense is a little suspect. <clears throat> Excuse me, although they, got, they shut down King Henry. Well, everybody's shutting down Derrick Henry right now, guys. Mm-hmm. He's really not playing well. You know, he's on a four-game stretch where he has an average over three yards of carry, and that's brutal for Tennessee. They, they don't have another way to win. They have to have Derrick Henry go off. I'm curious to see what happens when the Cowboys and, and the Eagles play a second time because the first time they played, that was with Cooper Rush, and the Eagles cut up to a 20-point lead, and they let the Cowboys hang around, and they made a game of it. So I'm curious to see what happens when they play again because Dallas is also peaking right now. Trey, do you think that's the reason why the general manager of Tennessee gets fired in, in the middle of December after a, a loss to the Eagles because the owner looked at it and went, okay, we traded one of our best players, and now we have nothing on offense? Do you think that was the, the decision to fire him? I think it was part of it. I mean, let's just talk about how weird this is, right? Okay, um, they're going to win their division, right. barring an unbelievable collapse. Um, they're headed. They're a winning team. They're headed for the postseason. And you fire your general manager in December, okay? Now, I get it. Derrick Henry's not working. The A.J. Brown trade was terrible. Uh, you can look at uh, the drafting of Isaiah Wilson, uh, which was a disaster. Uh, and maybe the DUI, the offensive coordinator, coming off that, that big road win. Um, but it sounds more to me like there was a power struggle between Robinson and Mike Brable, and the team sided with Brable. I mean, Brable was asked about it. He said, well, you know, it's difficult, but you got to move on from these things, which was not was, you know, it wasn't like, oh, dang, I lost my guy. It was like, hey, see ya, I'm here, you know. And I, if I were the Titans, I might side with Rabel as well um, because I think he's the best Bill, Bill Belichick disciple, even though he never coached under Bill. You know, he learned how to coach by playing under Bill. Uh, it, it just, all of it, like, you don't fire a GM like that in December, especially when, there's nothing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Trade deadline is passed. You're not evaluating the players to be picked up. You're, you're not in draft or free agency. It's just a weird time to fire a general manager, especially on a team that is going to go to the postseason and has a winning record. So there might be more to this that we don't know about. Trey Wingo joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. Do you have any uh, Chiefs liabilities? Anything that concerns you? <sighs> no. <clears throat> I mean, I wish – I mean, I, I spent six years in St. Louis, so – I'm sorry. You know, I yeah, I, but I'm, my point is, I'm from you know, Missouri a little bit, so I need them to show me they can beat Kansas, uh, show me they can beat Cincinnati. I have no concerns about them playing anybody else. I promise you that. Frank Cusimano is um, the only good thing about St. Louis. Let's just put it out yeah. there. Frank, Frank and I worked together I for many years. My at guy, Channel Five. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, so yeah, the uh, the only concern I have about the Chiefs is can you beat the Bengals? Other than that, I'm not worried. They've won 14 straight against NFC teams, so if they get to the Super Bowl. I like their chances there. Uh, they haven't lost a road playoff, a road division game ever under Patrick Mahomes. And I think that I feel really good about them taking down Geno Smith in Seattle because I'll take Patrick Mahomes over Geno Smith any day of the week, times seven. So my only concern for Kansas City is, hey, you got to beat the Bengals at some point. You got to do it. And, you know, it, it was it was a very close game. Travis Kelsey fumbled. Marquez Valdez-Scantley drops a touchdown. Like those two things changed the game completely. Uh, on the On the fourth down or the third down play before they kicked the field goal, uh, you know, there was pressure up the middle. 
Kelsey was wide open for the first down, but because there was pressure up the middle, and you saw Creed Humphrey's reaction on that play. He, he knew he kind of messed up, uh, and that's why that scramble didn't work. I didn't like them going for the 55-yard field goal, to be honest with you. I, I get it. You want to try and tie the game, but you know, at that point, do you think that's going to do it? Are you going to get the ball back after that? I would have, I would have done anything to try and keep that drive alive for a touchdown. Trey, let's look at the Denver Broncos, the opponent this week. We talked to our friend Brandon Cristal, who works for KOA in Denver and covers the Broncos, and he he informed us that Russell Wilson has his own office, and it's not that people yeah. don't like him there. It's that the defensive players don't know him, and yeah. he's probably going to cost Nathaniel Hackett his job. I, I don't think Nathaniel Hackett has been great, but he hasn't been given a great opportunity and great tools to work with out there either. How does Denver get out of this mess right now? Uh, that's a great question, and Thank I don't you. know if it's – I don't see welcome. I don't know if it's get out of below this season. Um, you know, the issue is uh, they're not, that contract with Russell's not going anywhere. I mean, think about it guys. If they scored 15 points a game, they might be nine and three instead of three and nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, their defense is out there balling and they can't score 10 points a game. Um, so I, I don't know what the solution is, but you know, it's not, it's not also that they just don't know him. I think it's also that, uh, that there's just no cohesiveness. You know, they, there have been a couple of times when a, a couple of offensive players have been looking at Russell sideways. You know, I've heard that he's called some models in the games that aren't even in the in the Broncos' uh, playbook, that they're back from his days in Seattle, and people in the huddle are like, what are you talking about? We don't know what that is. So it's it, nothing has worked in this marriage. And it's funny, we all thought the AFC West was going to be this murderer's row. Chiefs can win the division this weekend with a win and a Chargers loss. Uh, which would put that thing to bed, I think, earlier than they have in a long, long time. It's just been a disaster for everyone not named the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West. There are bad football seasons, but um, football seasons that end up bad when there were expectations. Does this one rank right up there for Denver? I mean, this wasn't like Absolutely. Houston, who we knew was going to be bad, but but Denver yeah. had expectations, and I, I think that that's a different category of bad. I, I agree, and, you know, um, it's well. It's it's everybody in the AFC West, though. I mean, the Raiders. They're gonna, and they're, they're finally playing well. You know, we got Jacobs, we got Devontae Adams, we have Chandler Jones, we have Crosby. You know, they're they're making a late surge here, but I don't know if that's gonna mean enough. And then you got the Chargers, who have a franchise quarterback on a rookie contract, and they can't get out of their own way. I mean, I think everybody in the division has been a disappointment except Kansas City. All right, what do you think Baker Mayfield's gonna do tonight? I don't know. I hope he. I mean, who's he going? Like, who, who are his weapons? Like, Cooper Rush isn't there. Right. Allen Robinson isn't there. I mean, I'm happy that the Rams have a functional quarterback. I mean, instead of John Wolford or Bryce Perkins. I mean, let's just be honest about that. Uh-huh. There, there's an actual real quarterback there. But you know, Baker's limitations are Baker's physical attributes. He's a little slow and he's a little short, and that's how you get beat up in the NFL. So, you know, for, for him, I'm glad he has an opportunity. And for Sean McVay, I'm glad he has something that can be considered a functional National Football League-level quarterback. But expectations, I have absolutely none. I think this is fantastic because it gives us an opportunity and a reason to watch this game tonight, man. It's oh, going to be sure. like a train wreck. You're going to stop by and see what's going on and what Al has to say yep. about this one. Ab- absolutely. I mean, it certainly adds the intrigue factor uh, exponentially. How do you get a quarterback ready from the outside and, like, Four days. I mean, that's how does Brock Purdy just come off the bench and play well? I guess weird stuff happens sometimes, guys. No doubt about it. Trey, we appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you again next week. You got to take care, man. Take care. That's Trey Wingo with us here on 610 Sports Radio. 
That was the one and only Trey Wingo. Trey is brought to us today by Caesar Sportsbook. Your first bet is on Caesar's bet up to $1,250. And if you don't win, you'll get it back as a free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 plus. He's the first person I probably heard that said, well, Cincinnati's got to get in. Yeah, they got to get in, right? That's crazy. I mean, they, they play us so well. It, 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 look, it's typical of that team that steps up and beats the good teams. Like, like it's like everybody who plays against KU and basketball a, plays their best game. Everybody who plays against the Chiefs plays bad, their best game. They're not a bad team. It's just they're in a they're in a playoff battle. Yeah, in their division. Oh God, yeah. You know I mean? Yeah, they're not even in right now. Like, if the season, well, yeah, I guess they are in right now. That that is true. But if they if they're they, not a division winner right they're now, they're not a division yeah. winner though. No, and if they, they stub their take toe, the same and, road they took last year, which is going and beating everybody on the road, and they don't care about that. I, that that's the one that thing. This doesn't is the phase perfect, them. perfect mentality for for that team. It, it seems yeah, like it, it. It just really doesn't phase them. But that was interesting to hear. If Cincinnati gets in, I'm like, oh, okay. So, do you think Cincinnati is a good team, or are they just a team that's like a typical NFL team, but plays great against the Chiefs. I think they're a really good team, Josh. I mean, Joe Burrow is a good, good, good quarterback. P. Ryan is a backup running back. You get Joe Mixon back. Now you've got a two-headed monster there. Chase is a freak. The, the Chase is unfreaking believable. Their whole wide receiver core is, is really, really good. And I think they've got some good coaches out there. Captain Lou Albano on the defensive side of them for Cincinnati does a great job of figuring out Patrick Mahomes. And so... If they can get in to the playoffs, as Trey was saying, yeah, they're going to be a matchup nightmare for a lot of people. So Browns, who they've struggled with, at Bucks, at Patriots, yeah, Bills, and Ravens. <laughs> That's not easy. No. Say that again. Browns. Yeah. Who you think, who you think most, most people go, oh, walk in the park. It's the Browns. Deshaun's back, right? Who? Yeah, that quarterback. Yeah. Who knows what that team is? You've had your problems with them. They're Look, a rival. The, the, the Browns or the, the the Bengals have gone five and zero against the Chiefs, the Titans, and the Bills over the last year or whatever it's been, and zero and three against the Browns. Okay, so that's not a gimme. Should be, but it's not. Go to Tampa. Who knows? They're playing for a division I can't, championship. I can't down figure there, out right? the Bucks. Can anybody figure out the now. Bucks? Okay. At Patriots, always sneaky, never given. Right. And that's on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. right? And then Bills in a in a primetime game, right? Monday night game, and Ravens, who that game may come down for the division title. Crazy. That's not that's not an easy schedule. I'll take uh, I'll take uh, Broncos, Texans, Seahawks, Broncos, Raiders. <laughs> God yes, in a heartbeat. Like we've been gifted the last so, five games. So I guess we. Uh, you know, I don't need to avenge the Bengals in this postseason if they don't want to be a part of it. No, I'm that's cool. fine. I'm good. I am super cool with that. <laughs> they yeah. just want to bow, go ahead and bow out somehow. There are I'm certain in. people who are like, I want to beat that. No, nah, I, I'm, not, I'm not into that. Like, play the best, beat the best, all that nonsense. Now, give me the easiest route to the Super no. Bowl, man. I don't need to play the Bengals again. No. I just don't. Um, also, um, Trey Wingo said something there, and I think you take umbrage to this. He said that he thinks Patrick Mahomes <laughs> oh. is better than Geno Smith. Yeah, I think he said you take him every day of the week. You wanted Geno Smith as the number one overall right. pick to the Chiefs and a flyer on Patrick Mahomes in the middle round. Correct. Your Correct. thoughts? Correct. Well, I mean, not now, but at, oh, okay. at the time those things happened. Yes. You know, okay. All right. Well, that's fair. The time those things happened, yeah, I wanted Geno Smith in that yeah. draft. I was ready for the Chiefs to draft a quarterback. Okay, that's fine. Good. Good. I'm good with that. That's I, fine. I thought I saw, too, that. But it's okay he to change leads, your opinion based on events that have taken place. I I saw right? Some some weird Smith stat that was like he leads the league in like two plus touchdown games on the season or something like that. 
Really? Something he's got some like weird stat like that. I'm like, see, he's having a hell of a year. Yeah. But 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 no, I ultimately you don't want to mess with the space time continuum. Right. And what what landed us, you know, if Gino comes here and rocks it, which you would have, um, they wouldn't have even looked at Patrick Mahomes. Right. Yeah. From the text you line, know? the Bengals Ravens game could be loser misses the playoffs. It's a very could very be. big possibility. It could be. Yeah. Very big possibility for that. Because the Bengals aren't make or the Browns aren't making the playoffs. And the Steelers probably aren't making the playoffs. No. So you're looking at potentially the winner of that, that division may be the only team that does get into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that, that Patriots game's big, too. I mean, they, they think they still have playoff aspirations, getting, you know, everybody in from the East or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be a playoff-type game. They're only 6-6 six and six right now, but by the time you get to them, maybe, you know, maybe they're still viable for the postseason as well. I know they got a bunch of playoff-type games ahead. Right. Again, I'm great if they don't make it. Fine. Fantastic. That'd be awesome yeah. if they didn't make it. I yeah. never even considered that possibility, though. I never did I'm either. Not, I'm, not, I'm not expecting that possibility either, but I, I hadn't even crossed my mind. Like, well, maybe they just don't even, you don't even see them in the playoffs because they they're not there. My only thought was, I hope somebody beats them in the playoffs, you know, so you yeah. don't have to see them. I hope they don't even get I, to I the thought playoffs. They were, I thought they were in, but I didn't even consider, well, maybe they don't even get in. Right. And maybe the, what they played last week was their Super Bowl, and they take a step back this week. Very real well, possibility. Yes, this is a this is a this is a letdown game waiting to happen oh, against a team yeah. that's had their number. Right. So go Browns. Weird, 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 weird. Um, you you, you sent us an email that said Veach is greater than Cashman. That's right. Please you're explain. Thinking to, you're thinking to yourself, what is this guy doing? Mixing, right, mixing sports and whatever. I'm like, okay, Veach, Brett Veach, uh, GM of the Chiefs, is right. greater than. Uh, the Yankees general manager, Brian Cashman, right. who just, you know, get a ticker tape parade because he signed Aaron Judge back. Well, yeah. I don't know if he's necessarily getting that ticker tape parade. I think his ship has sailed in New York. Like they don't care about him anymore, right? Even though he signed that four-year yeah, extension. He's family. back. Man, yeah. man, I'm you. Um, and then I put dot, 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 which is called, I think, an ellipsis, right? And I said, where is J.J. on this list? And I hope J.J. saw what, Cashman did with Aaron Judge yesterday and never ever does that. Like you you know that line from Major League, nice catch Hayes, don't ever do it again. And what I mean by that is Brian Cashman and the Yankees were essentially pigeonholed into signing Aaron Judge to that contract because they never over time tried to truly get him to a deal that was workable at that time. Essentially, they're they're paying Judge right now for time served, which is what you do a lot of times in sports, right? You see it happen a lot of times in sports. Like Alex Gordon got $75 million. Past, past performance rather than future Right, for future expectations. I mean, the guy's 30, 31 years old, right? You signed him to a nine-year deal. How productive is he going to be at the end of that contract? If you can get six to seven years out of that deal in the last two years or giveaway deals, I think the Yankees will feel like they got something out of that contract. Brett Veach has gone kind of the opposite way. And other than like Travis Kelsey, really, right now, we're not paying anybody for what they've done. We're only investing in people for what we think they can do on this football team moving forward. And I think we've kind of seen a change with that in both the NFL and in major league baseball, where you're starting to see general managers and owners and and whatnot, look at the, at the grand scheme of things and say, I don't think I'm going to be paying you anymore for what you did five years ago. Aaron judge up until yesterday 
made $34 million in baseball, right? That's not a lot of money for what he's been able to accomplish. Repeat that again. So he made $34 million total in Major League Baseball up until and, yesterday. And now he's getting $40 million a year. And now he's getting $40 million a Isn't year. Isn't that crazy? Right? Just think about that. It's crazy. Right. So what I what he's Brian, made more next year than he's made his entire career thus far. Right. And and so Brian Cashman and the Yankees essentially they didn't have a choice. They had to give Judge everything they had to give him to get him to stay in New York. Now he did take less money to stay there, but the allure of being a Yankee is a lot better than a Padre. I mean, just call it what it is, right? Would you rather be a New York Yankee or a San Diego Padre? Um, if the contracts were close enough to equal, you'd probably want to be, want to be a Yankee. Right. And so judge understands that his legacy, the advertising dollars, everything that comes with being a Yankee, it's just different in baseball. Like in football, you can play for any team and be that Madison Avenue star in baseball. It's kind of hard to be that Madison Avenue star. If you're not wearing the pinstripes and Aaron judge realized that. So he went back to the Yankees, but all the people that were praising Cashman yesterday in three years will be complaining about this deal. Oh, my God, it's weighing us down. This contract stinks. Why did they do it? Are also the people who would have been complaining if he didn't sign back with the New York Yankees. So it's really a no-win situation. But what Brian Cashman has done is paid good future money for past performance. And I think that's the dinosaur way of working in sports. You can't do that anymore. You can't pay for past services while moving forward. The Alex Gordon deal stunk. $75 million. Ian Kennedy stunk. Brett Veach has done a great job of not doing that and not spending that money. Okay? That's why with Tyreek Hill, they let him go and traded him because they didn't want to invest that kind of money that by the time you reach the end of the deal would be a killer for your organization. And so... I think general managers are kind of taking on a new approach that maybe we'll sign you early, give you some money early, but we're not going to pay for past performances anymore. Aaron Judge may be that last true guy that you see where a team has to pay for past performances in order to keep them in the fold for the future. And I don't think the Chiefs will ever get into that. Bowl, I'm going I'm to ask you, there's one that comes top of mind that I want to ask you about if it, if it would apply to the, to the Chiefs. We'll okay. do that on the other side next. Fesco in the morning, locked in, focused, and ready to go starting at 6. I get the bosses wrong all the time, too. I remember which one's on which team. Yeah. Right. Chubs are the same way. Chubs are the same way. Yeah. Um, where was I going with this now? I totally forgot. I lost you on yeah, Chubb, you, you nine-year-old. <laughs> Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967 on 610 Sports Radio. You were discussing paying for past service yeah, versus yeah. paying forward, and you said you hope um, you know Brett Feach stays out of that. Yeah, primarily, and I hope JJ, JJ stays out of it too. Point, yeah, at some point in time, which leads me to ask the question: Where does Chris Jones fall in that category? Uh, you know, it, for Brett Feach next season. You know, it, it's crazy because I'm, I'm back and forth on this one a lot, right? I thought maybe a two-year deal with an option for a third year is as high as I would go with Chris Jones, but then I look at like his production in big games, and it's it's not there, and so that's going to be a hard decision for them to have to make. Maybe at this point in time, you just pick up that final option and don't get involved in a long-term deal with Chris Jones. That may be what they ultimately decide to do. I think I saw that yesterday. He's like, he's top 10 in pressures in the NFL, right? From the inside. Okay. Which almost every, everybody else in the list. I think there was one linebacker 
and everybody else was an edge. Yeah. And I'm like, he does stuff that's different. He does. And but I need him to do that in the playoffs, and I need them to do that against the Bengals. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, I mean, like, like, he's been a great player for this organization. Uh, but I think they may. I think this one has the potential to be a bad end of contract. Or you just pick up the option for next year and then that's it, which is very possible. I mean, there's, there's, there's like this myth in sports that you just can't get to the end of a contract. Yeah, no, yeah. You could definitely do that. You can absolutely 100% gonna, do we're that. We're just going to play it out. So, and then I mean, you have to decide whether or not you're going to be here or not. You know what I mean? So that, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm with Chris Jones for me. And, and I've, again, I've got to, I've got to wear blinders yeah. like, like Brett Veach does it. It's going to be one of the hardest decisions he's ha- he has to make as the general manager, maybe the hardest decision that he has to make as the general manager, because and it also depends on what that person's willing to do work with you. Yeah. To, you know what I mean? Right. We knew where Tyreek Hill stood. Exactly. Well, I mean, a- afterwards, After, we were, yeah. afterwards, we, we got, it. okay. We can under, I can understand maybe this the deal. highest paid guy or trade. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fine. Maybe See Chris Jones later. doesn't say that. Maybe again, he wants I'm not to asking stay. for a home hometown discount or whatever, but maybe he's pretty realistic and like, Hey, give me a three-year deal. Right. But the, the, the whole thing to me that I keep coming back to is, no postseason sacks. And you got to play big when the moment's big. Like when you need that key play, you think Derek Thomas wasn't going to come up and get that sack. You think Lawrence Taylor wasn't going to come up and get that sack. You knew exactly who was going to make that play on third down. I want third and seven. And to I want to know. Jones time. And yeah. I want to know Chris Jones is arriving at the party and he's throwing that quarterback to the ground in playoff games. That's what I want. Like sacks so in the say, postseason. Say he say he does that. This play. Say he has a a Frank Clark like playoff. Yeah. Then you're you're in. Probably, I, I'm right? not doing anything more than a two year with a three year option. I'm not doing anything more than that with Chris Jones. But if he goes another postseason and he doesn't have any sacks and they don't make it and win the Super Bowl, I, th- thanks. I mean, I appreciate your time. I do. I'm just saying. I think that yeah. that's one that they're going to be faced with. It, it is. They're going to yeah, you're sure, going yeah. to be challenged to 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 try to figure out what his most viable end year is and can you work with it? Right. And I, I look, I've always, I would said, love to say everybody take a two or three year deal. Some guys won't want a two or three. Well, year deal, then you know what what, I mean, that's, I mean, and then, look, then they trade a Tyree kill. Nobody's and untradeable. Then, and then, yeah, absolutely. Except and then you Patrick. deal, then you deal with the, okay. Do you trade him then before this season comes? Yeah. Then, then maybe you do. Maybe right? you trade him this off. And then somebody yeah. else extends him. And I, I think, I think one of those, one of those decisions is ahead for the, for the Chiefs yeah. in terms of uh, determining whether or not you're. I don't say paying for past performance because they have paid him as well, but are you paying? Are you going to be paying enough for useful forward? Right. So I I just know that if you are a a true game changer, you make those game changing plays in the postseason and when they matter the most, and that's the one thing that is truly lacking off of Chris Jones's resume right now domination in the postseason postseason sacks are so important and we can say that from the Cincinnati game if you can't get that quarterback down it's so hard to get stops now in the NFL right if you get a sack and now all of a sudden it's third and 17 as opposed to third and seven or you know whatever the case may be you're creating opportunities for your offense to get back out there on the field Chris Jones needs to have a huge postseason run, in my opinion, if they're going to invest long-term going forward in Chris Jones. That's just the way I see it. And again, I'm different than anybody else. I don't fall in love with players. I root for laundry, as Seinfeld liked to say. And if you're no longer helping the laundry because you're too old, then you got to move on. Yeah. And and look, 
I just think the I just Chiefs think he's have done a great job of moving I think, on. I think he's a useful and productive player and does a lot. But yeah, how many years of that do I think is going to happen is the question. Right. I think he's going to be he's either going to be a productive player that you're going to trade or probably pay bad money at the end. Correct. I feel like that's what that's what that one's going to come down to. And that's what it comes down to for a yeah. lot of these guys. And that's why being a general manager in the NFL be, is not easy. He's going to be productive if you send him on next year. Right. Tyreek Hill's been productive. Yes, absolutely has. But the Chiefs got a lot willing, of draft picks been returning. They're winning games. Are and, you willing to do that? They have they would have so much work on the to do on the lines if that happens too. That's a futuristic thing. I'm yeah. just saying you could have a lot of work ahead on both the offensive and defensive lines next year. Yeah, you Yikes. could, and that's why I think maybe Yikes. just picking up his option is the best way to do it. Uh, so Baker Mayfield looks like going to play for the Rams tonight in their matchup with the uh, the Raiders. One, I want to do want to see if the Raiders are are indeed playing better. I've kind of ignored them for a little while, but they seem to be kind of playing a little bit better right now. Mm-hmm. And then two, the Rams thing is just fascinating. Why, why press another quarterback into service for them? Like for what? They're paying him what million and a half, which doesn't sound like a lot, but yeah, like people are saying, oh, they're paying him a million and a half dollars. I'm like, it's a quarterback in the NFL. That's pennies. Well, it's pennies for a guy that you expect to play, but they're paying for the remainder of the season. You're like, so they're going to use him, right? This makes no sense to me. I I know the Rams don't care about money, but to me, what a waste. Like you. If you were talking about a long shot at a playoff berth or something, or it's one thing, but I, I feel like you're paying for nothing here. I think other than some intrigue to, to get people to tune in on a Thursday night, like you got that Bryce Perkins dude ready to play the Chiefs, and you, and you're worried about going and finding a new quarterback to play against the Raiders. Well, I mean, look, you still in a season it. that's done. Yeah, I know. I I think. I saw the other day a story that said something to the effect of the Rams got him because if he signs somewhere else this offseason, they get a comp pick. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is the so team that said they cared about F picks. them picks, right? Yeah. They wore T-shirts that said that, right? So why would they get him for a comp pick? Like, if are you changing course now on what you did? Like, you get a free pass this year because you won the Super Bowl. You do. So do whatever the hell it is that you want to do out there. But if you're Sean McVay and you're that Rams, you look, you want to win every game. Who gives you the best chance to win? Two people that have never been in my kitchen or Baker Mayfield. And I think at the end of the day, they believe Baker Mayfield is a legit name that people know that the guys in the locker room are familiar with. That can maybe come in and help them out a little bit. It's better than your other options. Ugh. I mean, I'm all for watching it and seeing if it works. And then also if he goes out and, and plays at least okay tonight. Again, the myth of all the preparation are just out the window. Right. Like you're really going to get a guy prepped in less than a week to play. It's crazy. I know Trey Wingo brought up the Brock Purdy thing. Brock Purdy was at least in their system. Right. He was like, if there's a guy in your system, just because he hasn't played doesn't mean he's not further along in terms of being readiness than a guy who's just been brought off the street that you're trying to just, Hey, here's our, here's our playbook. Can you go and learn it in three days Mm -hmm. so we can incorporate some stuff in here? Right. Man, I, I, I know I've, I've, some NFL experts and guys that played and said, look, it's not that big deal. He knows the, he knows the route tree. Give him a few simple things. Um, you, you get him up to speed on pass protections, and, and it, it's just fine. You can step in. But I'm, I'm amazed, one, that they did it, and, and two, that 
you're going to expect him to contribute tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think at times we make it harder than it is to go out there and play, but it, it, it's not easy to just be assimilated into a system and say, okay, go hit the ground running. And you're like, I don't even know. Like Russell Wilson is still calling audibles from his Seattle days. So it's not like it's easy to just change over and go in and be a quarterback for a new organization that you just got to Especially on Tuesday. Especially if they thought you were good and this guy that nobody thinks is good. Yeah. Who, Russell or Baker? Baker. Okay. Well, not no, no. Nobody thinks Russell's good anymore yeah. either, but at the time you brought him in thinking he was good. Sure. Baker, you know what you got. You know what you got. Yeah. How cranky is Al Michaels going to be tonight? I think pretty cranky. Pretty cranky. Yeah. Like from the jump. From the jump. Curmudgeon. Yeah. Just shut up, Herbie, and uh, I don't want to deal with this nonsense. Right. Do you think he makes it in the next year? No. Al? Al. What's they paying him? I mean, they're paying him a lot, I right. think. Well, I think the check cash is. <laughs> I, do. I don't know. I'm just wondering if he's just going to walk. Do you go, think he's the one this, of these that goes out of hell this with this? Isn't for I'm, me. I'm done. Like, enough. Maybe. Because he doesn't sound happy this year, does At he? At all. <laughs> just sounds like, he's, like going he's enjoying himself. Right. Mad. And I thought Herb Street, Herb Street's doing a great job. And then Herb Street's like Herb the, Street's the new, fantastic. The new, the new puppy. He's excited. He's never been through oh, this, yeah. this car wash before. And then you got, you got. Al, who's like, I've seen everything. Al's man. the old guy at the office who, when the new boss comes in, always goes, Oh, we've tried that before. It doesn't work that way. And Herbie's like, I Herbie's love like, this. This is great. Let's, yeah. do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm like, Okay, this might not, might not be long term. I don't know. Uh, I made a fundamental mistake last week in my survivor pick. Granted, I thought it was going to work, but we are all squared up, Alex and myself. I'm not making the mistake again. Next.